This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin Durant. Oh, <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> you Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> Good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go. <laughs> so, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Anis Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth. Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Anis Cantor, and you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. We are part of DailyThunder.com, also Almighty Baller Radio. With me today, the man, Weston Shepard of Daily Thunder and Up the Thunder. What's up, dude? Howdy. How you doing? Doing great. So the Thunder are a good NBA team again, Weston. Uh, I, I think oh it's, been, it's been kind of fun to talk to people about their reactions to the Paul George deal. Kind of walk me through where you were that night. Uh, during the Paul George trade? I was actually at El Tequila, a Mexican restaurant here in Tulsa, uh, having dinner with two friends. Um, I was being terribly rude on my cell phone the entire night. I was uh, <laughs> typing a, a quick article about Zach Randolph and his um, potential meeting with the Thunder, and then uh, someone dropped the Ramona Shelburne tweet into Slack, and I panicked, and I got up, and I sprinted out of the restaurant. <laughs> Uh, into the parking lot where I sat on the curb and frantically um, typed an article. It was it was wild. Yeah, and we had plans like to do stuff afterwards and everything. I was like, I'm going home. I'm yeah. going <laughs> to get behind the computer, and no one's going to hear from me for the next 72 hours. So just <laughs> plan on that. That's awesome. If you don't know, and if you're not listening to this podcast on Daily Thunder, Weston is, is taking over Daily Thunder there's tons of content being produced, and that's all at the hands of Weston and his crew. So uh, big thanks to them because Daily Thunder is kind of back on the map now, and a lot of it's thanks to Weston and the Up the Thunder guys. So we're super excited uh, that you guys are on board, and it's going to be a really fun season now. We texted back and forth like giddy little girls all night, <laughs> just like, oh, this could be so great. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Yeah, it's like four or five texts in a row of just dude. That yeah. was it. <laughs> That's when you know something really good has happened. Yes. Uh, so today we're going to rank the roster. We're going to kind of go through each player. We're going to kind of talk about their importance to what the Thunder are going to do this season. Uh, we'll start with number one. Weston, who's your number one player on the Thunder roster? Get ready for the hottest take of them all. Russell Westbrook is number one yep. um, on my list for obvious reasons. He's the MVP and... Um, the apple of my eye so that that's that that one's pretty obvious yeah it's it's clear like this is russ's team now and it's gonna be super interesting to see how he does because with he and durant it was always durant's team but i mean russ always felt like he wanted to be the man in some ways but he did kind of concede the ball to durant at times it was kind of it was kind of awkward uh but it obviously it worked very well but I think this will be a little bit more seamless than that. I think that Paul George will know that he's coming onto Westbrook's team. And Paul George, luckily, is great coming off screens. He's good. He's a great spot-up three-point shooter. Uh, I think it's a really good fit. Uh, I assume you have Paul George number two. The, begin- the beginning of this list should be relatively easy. Uh, yes, yes. Paul George um, firmly at number two um, for you know a lot of the reasons you just mentioned. Um, one thing that I... 
I get a little hung up on is, you know, when we're getting super excited about, you know, the team and, and everything, I, I sometimes I just want to stress to people, it's like this, Paul George isn't Kevin Durant. You know, th- this is going to be completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, and we shouldn't hold him to the standard of we're expecting, you know, an MVP caliber player. But, I mean, this is an unbelievable addition to the team. And, and you know, like you said, he should fit into line a little bit better with Russ and, and work a little better, um, hopefully, as a duo and um and, and hopefully it just takes us to the next level. Yeah, no question. And his defense, just as much as his offense, will take this team to the next level because you get to pair him and Robertson out there on the perimeter, and there's probably not a scarier lineup as far as two defenders go um, in the NBA. And then the fact that he can take he he loves to operate in the mid range, which is kind of a kind of a thundery thing to do because that's where Westbrook likes to operate. Um, but it also works for staggering because I think that they're going to stagger these lineups. It was always it seemed like it was the choice of Westbrook and Durant to play together mostly, and Billy had to talk Durant into staggering the lineup uh, right. in that first year with them together with Donovan. And I think that it'll just be an easy transition where he's just going to come in. Billy's going to say, "Okay, we're going to." There's going to be times where Paul's going to be out there by himself, uh, with without Westbrook, and the same thing uh, with Russ. And I think it's going to work really well because the biggest problem with this team is that everything just completely died whenever Russ came off the court. And really, the only times that it didn't was whenever Canner was passing really well. I think it was in January and February, uh, right. right before he broke his arm. Uh, and now the Thunder don't have to rely on that. I think that they would love to go to that some, uh, but now they don't have to. So it's, I think it's a, it makes the Thunder tremendously better, not just like a closing lineup, which I think will be killer, um, but just throughout the game, they don't have to lose these leads whenever rest sits down. Right. That, that series with Houston um, was pretty much the story of the entire season, except, you know, the entire world got to see how bad things got when yeah. Russ came off the floor. So just the luxury of having someone to not just keep the team in it, but potentially you know, build on leads that that's, it changes everything um, for, for Russ and hopefully he'll get a little bit more rest. And um, that's not even to mention the, the workload aspect that should be taken off of Westbrook. So the whole thing is just fantastic. Yep. Uh, number three, who do you have at number three? I'm going with Steven Adams at three. Um, I, I was a little disappointed uh, with how his season turned out uh, last season, but you know there was a lot of uh, a lot of things that that changed for Steven in between um, 15, 16, and 16, 17. So I'm expecting Paul George um, to open the floor back up. Um, the pick and roll and the lobs should all be back. Um, you have to kind of unstack the paint against Oklahoma City. Um, so I'm expecting Adams to have a really big season. I'm expecting him to kind of take that step that everybody was expecting from him. And uh, a lot of that has to do with just the, the addition of Paul George. But Steven Adams is a fantastic player, and I think he'll remind everybody of that this season. Yep, yep. I've got Adams there, too. I just think that it's you're, – you're right. Everything opens back up for him. He's also got to kind of mentally take another step. Because he really did have an opportunity this past year to demand the ball a little bit more. I mean, if it wasn't Russ taking a shot, I mean, who who else was it? Like, who else? I mean, it was Oladipo. Uh, right. And neither, really, neither of those guys are really that assertive with the basketball, which is one of the most disappointing things about the team last year. And one of the reasons why Russ had to have that crazy usage rate. 
I think that some of it is that Russ wanted to have that usage rate, but also the fact that he didn't have anybody on the court that was incredibly aggressive. And I don't really expect Adams to like flip that switch, uh, but I think that if he did, he could be like a 15-9 and nine type player, uh, which would really help boost this team. But I still expect him to be around like 10 and 8 with a block um, and incredible defense, which is really valuable, which is kind of like Tyson Chandler-esque from back in the day. Um, But still, I feel like there's... I don't know if this will always be with Steven Adams, but I still feel like up to this point in his career, there's always like this... There's We know you can do more. Like You've shown that you can do more. We've shown that you can score a little bit better um, and score more than what you have. You could probably you have some post moves. He's a better passer than what he's been given a chance to do. Uh, there's always more that Adams could do, um, but it remains to be seen if he'll actually do it. Yeah, the your point on just his aggression level was a huge complaint of mine, um, especially in the the back half of last season. He he, it's almost like he forgot that he's seven foot tall and, and capable of of dunking it whenever he really feels like it. He he went to the push shot a lot. He tried. Mm-hmm. Um, some of his little hook shots and, and a lot of it was just completely unnecessary. Like no one's cutting you off. Like you can get to the rim. So I think he just has to make that decision, like you said. Um, but but just the the floor opening up should allow him to hopefully find rhythm a little quicker and, and just do his thing. Yep. And we'll see more of that Western Conference Finals Stephen Adams this season, just because they'll have the space. I think Billy really found some things that worked well with the type of lineup that they're going to play in, where you can play Robertson basically as a four and as a pick-and-roll type of guy, uh, and then you can space the floor with your other guys. You can space the floor with Patterson and with George and then have Westbrook driving. Uh, I think they found some things that really worked, and you can even play like super-duper small and put basically Robertson at the center, Um, and then you can have all these other shooters out there. I think that it really opens up stuff, and then... Um, if you do have Adams out there, I think that opens up a lot of things for him as a defender because he can get out there and play on the perimeter a little bit as a defender. He can he defend can. multiple positions, uh, and it'll it'll be it'll be interesting to see if he does take that step or at least come back to where he was in the playoffs two years ago. I'd like to thank Chicken Express for sponsoring today's podcast. Man, if you're looking for some good chicken, they've got bone-in chicken. They've got chicken tenders. They also have a catfish that's really, really good. My father-in-law loves the catfish. It's really good. Go get yourself some catfish, some chicken. They've got great sides, mac and cheese, green beans, mini poppers, corn on the cob, cheese sticks, corn nuggets, fried pickles. They've got apple and cherry pies that are really good, too. You can choose a biscuit or roll that are good. Uh, They also have great sauces. They have barbecue, honey, chipotle ranch, hot sauce, ranch, jalapeno ranch, buffalo sauce, and honey mustard. Great sauces, great chicken. You can get some good sides. Go check out Chicken Express today in Oklahoma City, Yukon, Edmond, Tulsa, all over Dallas. Please go eat a Chicken Express today. Number four. Who do you have at number four? I went with Robertson at four. Um, Man, I, this, I, this is boring because I have the same guy. Yeah, yeah, and, and I don't necessarily think that that he's the fourth most talented all around sure. on the team, uh, but I do think that his importance is what leads me to, to put him here. Uh, he changes everything defensively. I think the offensive struggles are 
a little bit overblown, and I say that with um, clear recognition of the free throw troubles. Um, that's something he's got to figure out. But, you know, he doesn't have to, to do what he did last season again. You don't think you're going to see him camped out in the corner, um, taking three-pointers. I, I think he can play to his strengths a little better on offense and, and do a little bit more cutting and using his athleticism. Um, and then, obviously, just on the defensive end, I mean, he's he's outstanding. He is the best defender on the team, and, and now you, you get to put him with Paul George and, and makes everything terrifying. So I, I think he's he's extremely important. And I'm super glad that he's back, and I'm expecting him to look a lot better next season with a little bit of that offensive workload taken off. Yeah, yeah, totally agree with everything you said. He's he's incredibly important to what the Thunder do. And some people thought, you know, they got Paul George, now they don't have to bring back Robertson. Great, the guy can't shoot free throws. I'm sure the right. sports animal was rejoicing, thinking that they weren't going <laughs> to bring him back. But, I mean, this this dude, is he's really good. He's a really good NBA player. And he's underrated to the fact that he he's his offense is bad. Like he's I don't think he's ever going to be a plus offensive player. But what he brings on the defensive end, it changes the Thunder dramatically. They're not even close to a top ten defense without him last season. And adding him, adding Paul George to this team, adding Patrick Patterson to this team, now you have the makings of like a top three defensive team in the NBA. I think that they could be even top two. I think it's going to be really hard to beat Golden State um, in that defensive rating. But I think that, I don't know. I, I see the Spurs. The Spurs are continue to age, but it's hard to count them out of really anything. But I think right. they can be a better defensive team than the Spurs. Um, so uh, it's it's exciting. And you're right. He's not going to have to take as many threes. Let's hope that he's not camped out there. You know, right. we've thought for a long time that he should not camp out, um, you know, in the corners. But he continued to do it, and I don't know if that's at the direction of Billy Donovan. I don't know if that's him just kind of wanting to be out of the way. I don't really know what that is. I do suspect that he will sit there some, and we're going to be like, what is he doing? Why are they doing like, it? Right. I think it's going to happen, and I think he is going to take threes. I think people think that, like, oh, now it doesn't take any. Like, he's going to take threes. He'll probably take a th- one or two threes a game, probably, and we'll all be super frustrated with it. Um but defensively, this team is going to be able to wreak havoc, and it's going to be super fun to watch. Paul George has always had to take on the best perimeter guy on whatever team that he plays. Now he doesn't have to do that. So, like, the workload for Paul George will be less, and I think that'll go a long way to, like, trying to bring Paul George back. It's like, well, we've got Robertson in here for the next three years. You're not going to have to take on a defensive workload. You get to play against the second-best perimeter guy or even the third-best on some nights, uh, which makes your workload a lot easier. You don't have to score all the points. You don't have to do everything. The ball doesn't have to be in your hands all the time. Uh, I think that Robertson helps sell the thunder uh, to Paul George. Um, so he, to me, I agree with you. He's the fourth-best player on the team. Um, yes. who, who you got at five? I'm going Pat Patterson at number five. Um, I don't like, again, I, I think Ennis Cantor is probably the more talented basketball player, but what Patrick Patterson is going to do for this team makes him extremely important in my eyes, because it's almost like that clear step into modern basketball, almost like you, we're going to spread the floor and, you know, stretch him out. Pat can shoot, but he's also a really good defender. So I think him being uh, valuable on both ends and just opening up um, the floor on the offensive end is, is going to, to change the way the Thunder plays, and especially 
um, as we move forward with with Paul George and, and a serviceable backup point guard now, I, I think that that he's going to really change the way that the Thunder plays. So I have him at number five. Man, I think you read my list because oh, that's, no. that's who I have next. Uh, it's a, I mean, some of this is pretty clear cut. I think as we get further down the list, I think that hopefully there'll be some more debates. But I hope uh, so. He's he's perfect for this team. He's very low usage. He took on, under six shots a game. Uh, he was 37% from three last season. Uh, he's a great defensive player. A lot of people think like he's this like he's like a big power forward. Like, the, but the dude can defend some small forwards. Like, you have these big power forwards or big power guards. Like he can guard those guys. I mean, ask the Raptors fans. He guarded LeBron James a lot whenever they mm-hmm. played uh, because guys like Damari Carroll couldn't handle that load anymore, uh, and they'll ask him to do that on some nights. And so he can guard stretch fours. He can guard guys in the post because he's super strong. Uh, this dude can throw down some really nasty dunks. He's like this guy is really good, and he's perfect for this team because he's low usage. He's not. He doesn't demand the ball. He's he will space the floor. He uh, defenders will respect his three point shot. So he he's incredibly valuable. He's a pretty good rebounder uh, in every way. He's a really good role player for this team. And you know, a lot of people were frustrated that the Thunder didn't get Rudy Gay. Well. I think you're going to see that Patterson is a much better fit. He may not be a better like overall talent if you match up their talent. I, I think that Rudy Gay is probably a little better. But as right. far as like talent and attitude and team play and defense, uh, I don't know that there's a better guy that would go for 5.2 mil a year. I agree with that. And just looking at his numbers from last season, 66% of every shot he took was from beyond three-point range. That right. is insanity so i'm expecting him to to just hopefully be camped out in spots that andre used to hang out so right. he has to go somewhere else yeah exactly uh and yeah and and to your point that 66 percent. you look at rudy gay's shots last season he only took 25 percent of his shots from three last year so i mean he rudy gay loves to operate in the mid post he loves to take shots close to the rim he loves to have the ball in his hands uh, that's the opposite of Patterson. Like his usage right. rate is is pretty low. Um, what was it last season? Um, I would guess that it's lower than twenty, um, where Gaze would not have been. Uh, right. But he's he, he's incredible. I think everyone's going to love him. Uh, he does tend to kind of his he's only twelve twelve point five percent usage rate. Um, so he he fits in with Russ really well. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. He's a a really good dude uh from what i can figure out he's actually really funny too so i think thunder fans are are gonna like him a lot um from a personality standpoint also so i think people are gonna Mm -hmm. warm up to him pretty quick yep uh so is that was that five so who do you have at five who do you have at six i i have ennis canner at six um i i think that he's probably more talented than both robertson and patrick patterson i just don't think um his importance is anywhere um nearly as impactful um but i but i'm expecting him to to play well it, it seems like he's uh, been posting some of his videos from his workouts he looks good uh, he was never really the same after breaking his hand last year um, and i think the houston series was a little rough on him psychologically because the whole can't play canner thing but mm-hmm. he's a guy that really seems to enjoy being in oklahoma city um that i think goes a long way with people uh, and offensively he is he's just so good it is ridiculous how good he is I, he's a 
um, one of those guys that can come out and give you a double-double in 15 minutes. And um, sometimes that's all he's going to get in terms of playing time. But um, I think he is my number six. I've got Alex Abrinas there. There we go. Just because I think that Abrinas is going to take the next step. He's put on some muscle this summer. Uh, which I think will help him on the defensive end. He's never going to be a great defender, but I think that he'll at least be able to get in the way a little bit more. He's always had good hands. like he's, He always gets in passing lanes really well on that end. But what really makes him valuable is three-point shooting. This team right. needs three-point shooting so badly, and I think that Abrinas is going to provide that. Um, three months out of last season, he shot over 40% from three. He had a couple down months. Um, in November, he shot only 25%. That was like his first kind of like welcome to the NBA <clears throat> right. kind of moments. Um, and then in March, he um, went down to about 31%. But the rest of the season, he was an over 40% three-point shooter. And I suspect that he will be that. I think he'll be the best shooter on the team. We talked about space for Steven Adams. I think the space for Abrinas, too, is going to really be great. Because if you sometimes I think they'll, they'll have Westbrook, Abrinas, and Paul George on the on the court at the same time, and then you have Definitely. all the space for Abrinas to yeah, knock down threes. It. And so I think that he's going to be super valuable. I think that he is a guy that is aggressive. Like we've talked about kind of the frustrations with Adams and with Oladipo when he was on the team. He's a guy that wants the ball. He wants to shoot it. He's going to drive. He loves to dunk. Uh, I, I expect a big season from Abrinas. And I think that you're right about canner being more talented than all these guys and i think that he is but as far as like a role goes i think that abrinas will have a more impactful role to this team just because he can be in in the game at the end to space the floor um he'll come off the bench to score a lot it'll be interesting to kind of see who scores more off the bench he or canner just because i think that abrinas will be given a chance this season and i know the front office really believes in him i know billy d really likes him uh, which that also matters. Um, right. So, but you're right. If Kanner is given the chance to play 20 or 25 minutes a game, I think that Kanner's bumped up this list. But I just, it's it's kind of hard for me to see that with Adams and Patrick Patterson and then them wanting to play smaller at times. It's just hard to see where Kanner is going to fit consistently. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I, right before he broke his hand, he was logging in between 25 and 30 minutes pretty mm-hmm. consistently and was performing, I think, the best that we've seen out of him in Oklahoma City. And when he came back, you know, obviously his workload had dipped a little bit in terms of minutes, so it never really rebounded. But um, like you said, it's all about opportunity with him, and, and he can certainly stuff a stat sheet um, in yep. no time at all. Yep. If Canner will, will actually shoot threes, like if that's a real thing, because I think yes. I, I don't know if it's a real thing. They he showed it on one of his videos on Instagram, right. and uh, Presty talked about it um, at his um, closing presser. I got to see it. I just have right. to, I have to see it first because you just hear about these kind of things, um, and it's just a lot of it. You just have to see it. I just have to see it before I believe. Um, yeah. But you're you right. Know. Canner was he was amazing right before. Um, the chair incident. I mean, right, he, the chair incident. He was one of the best players on the team, and there was times where you're like, "Man, they should really put Canner out there for Adams uh, because I, we know that he can kill those guys." 
and he was his confidence was riding high. He was reading the defense. I think that he was taught to read about five or six different reads from the post for passes, and he right. was reading them very, very well. He does. He is not a natural passer at all. Like that is not his game. He cannot do that. Um, but I think he he learned some reads and he became patient and he was throwing those passes really well. Um, but that all vanished when he came back. I mean, in the playoffs, I don't even know if he passed the ball once in the playoffs. They just fed him the ball, and it, he was, it was kind of embarrassing because he couldn't score on those Houston guys, and it, it looked really bad. If that's the canter that comes back, uh, he's kind of in trouble in a lot of ways. Uh, but yeah. if he can remain patient and you know, if the game can slow down for him a little bit, uh, I think that that makes the Thunder all that much more better. Yeah, you know, I don't, I'm not convinced that I – mean, we've been saying this for years. I'm not convinced that he finishes the season in Oklahoma City. Um, I, I think that it's still possible that they they move him in order to, um, you know, try to start the process of, of getting out of the tax. Mm-hmm. And he's got a player option at the end of the next season that I think is a little bit more rich than what he would be worth on the open market. So um, I wouldn't be shocked to see him get moved Um but you never know. I've, I've been saying that for a while. Sure. Yeah. I, don't, I really don't know at this point. I think that they want to get value back. And I think I think when you can get value back is whenever he becomes an expiring contract. Because I think expiring contracts are going to become a thing again. So yeah. maybe this time next year we can talk about Kanter being like a real trade candidate. Because I think you're right. He's going to pick up that option. I'd be surprised if he didn't, because I just don't. I mean, you look at Greg Monroe. Greg Monroe picked up his option. I think that's just a signal yeah. to all the other bigs that aren't great defenders, that are more of a high-usage big, that hang on to your money, because it's not right. coming. Even Rudy Gay. like There's no money for Rudy Gay. And a lot of it's because he's a high-usage guy that doesn't shoot threes. Uh, it will be interesting to see what he does in San Antonio, and it's interesting to see how he recovers um, from that Achilles tear. Um, but yeah, I, I think they can't, you're right. Kanter will hang on to that. I think as he becomes an expiring deal, I think teams will be wanting to clear cap space. And back in the day, you could get something nice back for an expiring deal. You could get a first round pick for an expiring deal. It didn't matter who it was, just right. that it would take money off their books. That'd be great. And that, and then the Thunder can bring in talent back. Cause I do think the Thunder are going to be willing to pay the tax, even some repeater tax money. I think this team is willing to do it. Um, because I think the ownership sees that if you're not willing to pay the tax, I don't. I mean, what does that signal to Paul George and Russell Westbrook if you're like, well, we're going to make a cost-cutting move here at the deadline right before right. we need to resign both these guys, and then, I mean, that's just like, okay, well, this is uh, the cheap OKC ownership. Like, I I don't want to be here. The Lakers will spend whatever they need to because they have the money. Uh, right. I think that they probably hang on to him unless it is like an upgrade on the wing. Um, or, or something of that nature, um, just because I just don't, I don't, I don't think they could. First of all, I don't think they can do that. Second of all, I just don't know who wants Canner. That seems to be the biggest issue at times. Um, where do you get any sort of value back for him? Which is strange because you know he's he's at number six on my list. He's a very talented guy. So mm-hmm. um, who knows? Maybe he'll come out and, and prove me wrong. I have Canner at seven. Who do you have at seven? I have a Brinus at seven. Okay. You have anything on a Brinus before we go into eight? No, not really. I'm just, I'm really high on him. Um, like you said, I think he's 
gotten he got better defensively over the course of the year and um, he was one of the first guys I thought about once Paul George landed in Oklahoma City because mm-hmm. there's going to be open looks. Yep. Uh, number eight. Who do you have at number eight? We've got Jeremy Grant at eight. Ooh, yeah, um, me too. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I know that he's got his flaws, but I think he makes a lot of sense in the current landscape of the NBA. And uh, I thought he played really well against Houston in the playoffs. And uh, I would expect to, to see him uh, get minutes because I don't, you know, who else is going to back up Patterson at four? I think the opportunity is there. And uh, if he can still shoot, you know, 35-plus percent from, from downtown, I, I think he's um, a valuable guy. Yeah, no question. He is a modern four, and he can play some five, and I suspect that he will. Right. Um, the Thunder did um, pick up his option, so he will be an unrestricted free agent um, after this season. So there's... Right. There's some pressure on Grant to perform this year because if he doesn't, this will this is kind of it for him as his like first big deal. Uh, right. I think that he will get paid some, uh, but as we saw, the market dried up quick for players. I mean, we did. I didn't expect Robertson to get a three for thirty deal. I thought that no. he was looking more like fifty two million over four years or three years or something like that. Um, so the market's going to be really interesting for Jeremy Grant, but I think that he. Uh, he's a good he's a good player. He can block shots. He's a good three point shooter. He's not a great defender. He kind of looks like a good defender, and it seems like he he'd does. be a good defender. Uh, he is pretty switchy, but he's not great. Like this, he's he's just not really great at really anything, to be honest, right. except for dunking. Um, so we'll see. And his shooting, like you said, is it real? I really have no idea. Um, it that scares me. I, I never really trusted it last season, and he shot you know pretty well all season long. So he, he, he um, has he gave me no reason to doubt it, but still here I am, and I'm just not sure that it's realistic to expect what 37 percent again or something wherever he was right around there. Yeah, I mean during the season he didn't shoot below 32 percent in any month during the season. So like it seemed real, but his attempts are pretty low still. Right. Um, he didn't, that, that's the one thing that kind of scares you a little bit is this could be small sample size and maybe the Thunder were right to not re-sign him to a big deal. Also yeah. paying a guy 1.5 whenever you're, you've got two superstars and you're paying your center 20 mil and right. stuff like that. I think that that, it, it definitely helps, but, uh, I think Grant's, I think that he's valuable to this team because I think that he can fill in at the four or the five. He allows them to play small. Uh, you can go super small with Grant and Paul George at the four and the five, which I think will be super fun, and I do expect yeah. to see that. Um, but, yeah, he's he's a good player. I think that he's a good rotation player. I don't know that he'll ever be a starting caliber NBA player, um, but if you're in, like, the eight- to ten-man rotation, like, you're, you're doing something right, and I, I expect that's where Grant will be. I agree. I think he needs to work on his decision-making a little bit. There was a little bit too many uh, just careless drives where he had no idea what his plan was and <laughs> things went horrifically wrong when he got in the air. I, I, yep. you know, if he just cleans some of that stuff up and, and just makes better decisions, I, I think he's, his value will, will rise. Yeah. If, he'll, if he will just focus on shooting and playing defense, I think right. that he'll earn himself a lot of money. Those drives, like you said, like he, he has no idea. I mean, he just puts the ball on the floor and he just goes. <laughs> and he's got basically one move. And 
it works sometimes and it's it's not a it's not a great look for him either because he's he doesn't when he's handling the ball he doesn't look like a natural you know basketball player like he doesn't have great feel for the game um no so no he ended up on the floor too often i was like why how did this end up you're laying on your back i just go dunk it you can jump over everybody yep uh who do you have at nine i have big ray felton at nine thick daddy ray felton yeah i you know i'm not like thrilled about ray felton Uh, it's not (laughs) you know the most splashy signing of all time but just the upgrade that that you're getting um from from samaj is enough to have him at nine for me i i think he can give you that 13 to 16 minutes of competent backup play Mm -hmm. um he won't uh, torpedo the offense or the defense i think he's um an underrated defender and i i think that that was a that was a really big deal to to land him it's it's just a veteran to come in and, and carry the second unit when russ needs a breather and you know just along with some of these other guys that we've already discussed um kind of just completely changes the look and feel of that second unit yeah for sure he's just a guy that's going to come in he takes care of the ball he's a low turnover point guard he only averages one turnover a game last season for the clippers in 21 minutes i don't think he averages 21 minutes for the thunder i think he's closer to 15 minutes per game yeah Uh, they're not going to rely on him much uh, he does like to score. He was kind of the beginning of his basketball career. He was a scorer, and that's what he right. was. Um, but he can distribute the ball some. He's not a great outside shooter. He does like to take the shot, uh, right. but he's not a great outside shooter. Um, but he is a guy that can come in, and the the offense isn't going to die at the hands of Ray Felton. Uh, he's also a pretty gritty defender. Uh, basically, this is just so Samaj doesn't have to play, which is like that, great things for OKC. I, I was almost willing to go top five with Ray Felton for that reason alone, <laughs> no. um, but we'll settle at nine. <laughs> yeah, um, ten McBuckets. McBuckets. Yep. Yep. Let's talk McBuckets. Um, he is so bad defensively. <laughs> he is that it's it's. He didn't shoot well enough in Oklahoma City to, to warrant much playing time. Mm-hmm. Um, it just wasn't outweighing how poor he was on the defensive end. Yep. I, I haven't given up on him. I, I was excited when the Thunder landed him at the deadline, and, and I'm I'm still hopeful now. I, I think that he's young enough and, and seems like a guy that's willing to figure it out. But the, he's just, um, you know, when you've got – Paul George and, and Robertson and, and Patterson and all these great defenders, I guess you could probably mask those um, inefficiencies a little more, but but until he gets some of that figured out, I, I I have him at 10. Yeah, no, that's where I have him too. He's he's going to be able to shoot the basketball. I mean, he shot right. 37% from three, which isn't awful, um, but you're right. He's got short arms. He's not incredibly quick. Uh, he does have some feel for the game, uh, and he can shoot it. That's really like those are like his skills. Those are his NBA skills, and he can score in multiple ways. But you don't really want him to. Um, right. So he's just a guy that teams have to guard. Like basically, that's his role in this team is that they need to bring in somebody that teams have to guard to give more space. I think that's McDermott's best NBA skill is that teams feel like they need to guard Doug McDermott. And I think that he'll play sparingly. I don't see him as like a key cog on this team um, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, you're right. He didn't play that much for this team last season. And I don't see him playing a lot for this team this year. 
Uh, I no. think that he'll get in at times. Some people are like, who's going to be better, McDermott or Brinus? I'm like, man, it's like a Brinus, and there's no question. Yeah, um, it's, it's not. It's not a question at all. I, I'm a little bit interested by the discussions about McDermott playing a little bit of four. And um, yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about it, but if I think it's worth a shot. Yeah, and I, they tried it some in the playoffs, and you know they had limited success with it. But I think right. that they'll try it. And if anything, Billy Donovan's going to try it. Like we know that Billy Donovan yeah. will try things. Yes. And you know, McDermott's a—he's an NBA player. Like he's an NBA quality player. Um, is he going to be in the rotation all the time? Probably not. Is he going to hurt the defense? Probably so. Uh, but he—he he can shoot threes. He can come in and he can put the ball in the hole. I think that's a, that's what this Thunder team is going to need at times. Uh, I think putting him next to Ray Felton would be good because I think Felton can find open guys. Um, but again, I think that he's going to play, you know, ten minutes a night maybe on average, and it will right. be he won't play every night. Um, so now we're at the end of the bench. Just give me your last four in order. I've got Josh Hustis at eleven. Okay. Uh, terribly small sample size, but um, I've. We'll never quit on Josh. Uh, 12, I'm going Terrence Ferguson. Okay. I don't know what his role is, if there's any. Um, and I obviously didn't get to see any summer league, so who knows um, what that's going to look like. Then mm-hmm. I've got Samaj and wrap things up with Sinclair. Man, like our lists are pretty much the exact same thing, except for you flip a Brinus and Canner. Um, right. Man, yeah, Houston, I really thought before they got Patterson – even before they got Paul George, I thought, you know what? He deserves to have a chance. But now, he doesn't really deserve to have a chance to play. Not on this roster. I think they keep him. I think he plays if there's an injury. Uh, I think that he should get a chance to play in games that McDermott doesn't play. I think they should try him. Like, just give him a chance. Like, park him in the corner and see if he can hit some threes. Let him play the Jeremy Grant role against Charlotte. Like, why not? I mean, he what shot forty two percent in summer league, so he's he's developed into the three and D guy that I think that the organization told him they wanted him to be. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just opportunity. Yeah, uh, uh, Terrence Ferguson didn't play in summer league. He didn't he didn't get his FIBA clearance for summer league, which was really disappointing. Right. Uh, I don't expect him to play this season really at all. I expect him to be with the blue. I think they're going to try to develop his skills there, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, I just don't expect anything from him. Samaj, he's your third guard. If Felton um, gets hurt, I think he plays. If Felton doesn't get hurt and is able to play the full season, I think we see Samaj in a suit. And then Kyle Singler, uh, I hope that they <laughs> I hope that they wave him. I hope that they stretch his deal just because I think that this team would be better if they would just go, you know, let Dakari Johnson be on the team or right. um, just go get a flyer D league player. Um, I don't know. I'm, he's, he's just not good. Like he's just not a good NBA player. I hope they don't try again because every season it feels <laughs> like they give a uh, single or another chance to be an awful NBA player. And every year he shows us that he's not any good. Um, yeah. But I hope that they're kind of done with the singular experiment. They let him float away on the end of the bench because that's what they need to do. Yeah, I don't. I don't see any uh, particular use for him at this point in time. I, I'm disappointed. I was excited when he ended up in Oklahoma City, but yeah. obviously we all know how the story went. So right. um, 
I'm I'm over it and moving on. Yep. So the Thunder have one more space at the end of their roster. Uh, I think Nick Collison's going to come back for the minimum. I don't know that there's a role for him on another team out there. And I think if he just finishes out his career with the Thunder, I think there's a seamless transition to the front office here in OKC. I think that's a good fit for him. He and Sam Presti are pretty close, so I can see that working. Uh, how do you see them filling out the rest of the roster? Obviously, I, I want it to be Nick Collison. I can't really imagine him playing somewhere else. So mm-hmm. if he's committed to coming back um, to play another year, I, I assume that it needs to be in Oklahoma City. He, he made it pretty clear at the exit interviews that he's looking for a role. Um, I don't necessarily know that there are any minutes available. Um which is unfortunate. I was actually talking with Royce about Nick Collison yesterday, and we both um, we thought that he deserved some minutes last season. I think um, prior to the trade for for Gibson, um, right around the time that Sabonis hit his rookie wall, that there was opportunity there because yep. Nick's not going to lose you any games. He he's going to be in position. He's going to make the right decision. Um, so from that standpoint, um, you would think that someone like that can can at least give you a few minutes per night but uh, if he's really wanting to play next season um i, d- I just don't know I, d- I don't see any way that works out in oklahoma city yeah there there's just no even if you have an injury to one of those guys there's still not a spot especially if you think that you're going to play mcdermott at the four like then like like all the minutes are gone like all the foreseeable minutes have just right. vanished with even just that thought um but I think that he's he's serviceable, but I think that he's at this point in his career, he's a locker room type of guy. He's he's a guy that um, Russell Westbrook loves, which I think matters to keep those guys around. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that he'll come back. I think he'll be back in a minimum deal, and this may be his last season, and the Thunder better retire his jersey. Oh, he's definitely going to be the first jersey hanging up. So, um, like I said, I, I would be really upset if, if he went somewhere else. That would, that would be really strange. Um, but hopefully Sam Presti makes that happen. I don't think it's going to happen soon. I think it'll probably be later on in the summer um, yep. as some more decisions get made first. Yep. All right, Weston, thanks for coming on the show today. We can follow you at WShep on Twitter. Of course, read his stuff on DailyThunder.com. It's always good quality stuff on Daily Thunder. And thank you for putting so much work into it and bringing Daily Thunder back. We really appreciate you and your hard work. And thanks for coming on the show. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Down to Dunk. Leave us a five-star iTunes review if you're a new listener. Fantastic. We're glad to have you. Uh, keep listening. We're going to keep providing content throughout the summer. Uh, leave us a five-star review if you have time. If you're looking for something to do nice for us, it's just a nice thing to do. Just leave us a five-star iTunes review. It takes just a few minutes of your time. and We really appreciate that. And I hope you guys have a great day.